Hey everybody, um, before I actually do my actual intro, I forgot to mention something in the ads. Uh, this one's super important. On the Racing on the Rocks Facebook page, we're currently giving away a set of Super Grip ATV K9 tires. Um, these are 8-ply Kevlar sidewall, 1-inch uh, lug depth on the tread. Uh, incredible wear on the life expectancy there. Uh, really, really great tire. Really, really great company. Glad to be paired with them. But we're giving away a free set. There's a post on the Racing on the Rocks webpage. Just find the post, share it, like the companies, and comment. Uh, and you'll get yourself entered. The live giveaway will be on February 3rd, 2020. Hope to see you there. Thanks. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Um, today's show is brought to you by Kincaid Billiards. Kincaid Billiards has a completely custom line of pool tables. Um, if you order a pool table from them with the most, first off, they have extremely reasonable prices. Uh, I actually worked for Kincaid Billiards uh, for a really long time. Um, super reasonable prices for an absolutely quality project or product. Um, the tables come installed to your house with the felt of your color choice. Uh, and you can get felt upgrades all the way up to um, basically competition grade felt with your install. As well as um, they actually have a storefront and they sell accessories. If you buy a pool table, come and have it delivered, installed, etc. They can sell you accessories and bring you accessories to your door. Um, but they also have a storefront and an online store where you can purchase accessories for your favorite household games such as pool, um, shuffleboard, darts, etc. Um, Kincaid Billiards is actually going to give all listeners to Racing on the Rocks a 15% off all accessories. Just call them and tell them that Racing on the Rocks sent you get 15% off. That's dart accessories, pool table accessories, and so on and so forth. Another sponsor that we have is We Buy Rides with a Z. We Buy Rides is a one-stop shop place where you can get the most competitive offer for your vehicle. You can either take that offer as cash value, straight up hard cold cash, or you can take it in as a trade-in value um, towards another vehicle that they have in. The last that I heard, uh, We Buy Rides is moving up to 30 to 40 vehicles a month. Um, that's big numbers, so that means that they are probably going to have a car if you're interested or looking for a new one and you have one you want to trade in, a vehicle you'd like to trade in. They will likely have a vehicle that would be interested for you and can probably give you a better value um, for your car uh, right out of the gate. Now, before you go to a CarMax, Carvana, any other third-party dealer, I urge you to try WeBuyRides.com. That's www.webuyridez.com. They specialize in 4x4 diesel, excuse me, and Highline vehicles. Um, the customer set or the staff there has been extremely courteous to me. The staff has also been very accommodating to me as well. Um, so I have no doubt that they'll be super friendly, super focused, and give you the absolute best deal possible. Uh, another sponsor I'd like to reach out to or tell you about is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has been with the show from the get-go. Um, 
I am very close, uh, in my opinion, very close with the owner, Mike Noggle. Um, I can pretty much call on him at any point, and I will have what I need. The customer service is 100% the best 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 i have ever dealt with in a company in terms of getting a product to you quickly uh finding out if they carry a product if they don't carry it they can point you into the right direction but all infinite off-road brand lights that's light bars light pods uh whips rock lights mirrors with lights in them everything you can think of infinite off-road brand is covered by a 25 year you break it they fix it warranty that warranty even covers accidental damage um super cool accidental damage i've seen plenty of people actually use that warranty and actually get their parts i run their lights on my rs1 that's a race car in the endurance pro rock race series um ran them through a race where we raced at night had plenty of light ended up only with one 40 watt pod um, and I had two on the car but I goofed and wired it in like 10 minutes for the race uh, and it was really crappy wiring job that I did the wiring harness was super easy but I did it in the parking lot of the race course so I used what I had but the moral of the story there is that one light was able to guide me through the entire course at Adventure Off-Road Park um, and was all the light that I needed for the entire three, four hour race, whatever it ended up coming out to. Um, it was a long time and one pod had a wide flare and a spotlight built into it. Um, I have nothing but positive things to say, not only about the customer service, but the products that they sell as well. And again, all backed by that crazy warranty. They actually offer listeners 10% uh, off the entire website with code ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, uh, and tell them that Racing on the Rocks sent you if you order over the phone. Uh, last sponsor is All Things UTV. All Things UTV is like the go one-stop shop for everything else. Just everything else. Suspension components, uh, wheels, tires, uh, just about everything else that you need. Accessories, performance, uh, hard parts, axles, chairs, seats, roofs, um, tender spring upgrades. Get more use out of your suspension. And they even offer a full spring kit now uh, with crossover rings and that's their Cloud 9 full kit. Uh, they make those for two seats and four seats now. Um, and they come in a variety of colors. Uh, customer service also at All Things UTV is like the best in the world. Give them a call, ask for whoever you need, and nine times out of ten, you'll get hooked up to them right then and there. They can get the questions answered for you, get something ordered for you. Um, I've seen them overnight products for people, uh, you know, just on a whim when people are in a bind. It's it's just really really great customer service, and I really like doing business with them. Um, Dustin Robbins is on the Facebook groups. You can find him uh, throughout all of the groups. Or you can go to allthingsutv.com, allthingsutv on Facebook. Uh, today's guest is like Mr. Flight School, Mr. Jet Pilot, craziest, world's craziest landings. Uh, I don't even know the correct title for this guy. Al Macbeth, ladies and gentlemen, joins us on the show where we talk world record breaking jumps. Uh, he holds five world records, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. He holds uh, four world records, excuse me, four world records, um, all of which are absolutely insane. Um, his Facebook profile, Al Macbeth, has videos of all of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I encourage you go watch these videos before you listen to the podcast and it'll give you a really full 
uh, idea of what we're talking about as we're going through the podcast. But he's an awesome guy, uh, 57 career wins in his race history, uh, super dude. Um, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. You're really going to love it. So without further ado, Al Macbeth. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Al Macbeth, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Man, I am so good. I'll be honest. Uh, when I reached out, I was so excited to, that you got back with me so quickly. And not only that, that we were able to schedule something so fast. Um, you are a legend and like superhero in the sport. So I'm very, very humbled and very grateful that you took some time to come on the show with us. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, yeah, no, no problem. I'm always, I'm always up for, a, always up for a, a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, how I kind of like to start these is basically just tell me a little bit about yourself outside the off-road world. Um, do you have other interests? Uh, you know, I know that this consumes quite a bit of time, but uh, do you like to do other things, you know, things like that? Um, I, uh, you know, that, 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 that's a question that a few years ago would have been a lot different than it is today. Yeah, um, the the off road world consumes my life now. Um, everything I do is either for my business, concept distributing, which uh, you know builds all these things, mm-hmm. or uh, or you know for for my own my own projects that you know is what or what you guys watch on on the TV or on the on the social media. Yeah, um, so let's just go ahead and uh, dive right in here. Um, your business uh, concept distributing. Can you tell us because. So I'm actually based out of the southeast, and I was really surprised to learn um, not many people around me particularly uh, know it know exactly what it is that you do currently and what it is that you've done in the past. So we're going to kind of do a brief little history lesson and then talk about, you know, kind of what you got in the works right now and then where you're headed in the future. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about what it is uh, you do on a day-to-day and what your business does? Yeah, so concept distributing, we're, uh, we're an aftermarket parts uh, manufacturer and distributor up here in Canada. Um, we kind of specialize in the roll cage end of things. Uh, safety is kind of one of our, our keys, um, but uh, we do everything from suspension parts to, you know, adding power upgrades to whatnot. So um, we will build full chassis for people if they need it or something as simple as a customer coming to the shop putting in a clutch kit. Awesome. So when you say you'll build full chassis, um, are the guys coming to you, are they primarily, you know, Ultra 4 guys, endurance racers, um, or are they, you know, the stunt kind of guy that you are? Uh, what is? What, what are they asking you to build primarily? Um, it, it's usually racers. Uh, we've built some short course race chassis, um, and we've also built uh, a few desert race chassis. Um, I'm about the only one that I know that's getting full chassis built for uh, state of play side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, obviously, you know, you build a, uh, a heck of a chassis, uh, and we'll kind of jump right into it. Will you kind of give us your off-road world record breaking resume? Um, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so back in... This all kind of went went back to the business, honestly, is mm-hmm. where it where it started. Because I'm a, I'm a man of my word, and I, I like to 
you know, the parts we put out are, are in my opinion, they're, they're top of the food chain. So there's only one way to prove that your parts are better than some, right? And that's, uh, that's to do some extreme, extreme stuff with them. Well, um, <laughs> I would say, I would say you've nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So we had, I mean, we, at that point, we had a lot of guys, uh, racing for us, doing short course, all that. Um, but there was, you know, the racing world's a big world and I was, that was one way to kind of, uh, pop our head out of the water, let's say, um, to show that we could, you know, our stuff is just that one step above. So, uh, first world record was back in 2015. That was off of a, off of a ramp. That was 198 feet. Um, second world record was 2016. We did a big, uh, a snow gap. Um, I was an 80 foot gap, 148 foot jump, snow to snow, uh, paddle tires on the car. Um, it was the sketchiest thing I've ever done. It was. Was that was at night? Was that? It was at night. It was snowing so hard that between my practice runs, the groomer had to groom the run just so I wasn't plowing snow. And oh my gosh. Uh, we had we had asked for a thousand foot run in. We got about a two hundred foot run in. Um, it, everything was everything was wrong with it. But you know, you're sitting in front of a crowd. <laughs> and, um, it, I've been sitting there looking at the jump all day too, which is something that I I never I never do. And everyone, all the dirt bike guys, because we were at a snowcross event, and all the dirt bike guys have been saying to me, they're like, "Oh man, that doesn't look right at all." I'm like, "Jesus!" I was like, "What do you mean it doesn't look right?" <laughs> and so I had, I had all day to think about that, and I was like, "You know what?" It's like I I trust my chassis, I trust my cars, I know I'm safe. I was like, you know, let's just do it, and yeah, uh, literally. Just, went as fast as we possibly could, drifted a corner, came straight in, and, uh, and we made it. So let me ask you this. When you're sitting there and, and you, you, know, you kind of just encapsulated it all in the phrase, well, let's just do it. Like, let's just do it, get it out of the way, let's go if we're going to go. Um, what is going through your mind on the inside? Like, are, are, you, are you, you know, shaking in your boots on your inside, or are you seriously that wholeheartedly committed uh, where you're just like, all right, let's do it, like, let's just do it? Yeah, no, I wouldn't be shaking, man. I'm, I'm not. If, if if I got scared, I probably wouldn't do it, honestly. Um, okay. It's just it's not my thing. There's a there's so much there's so much preparation that goes into these jumps that you know is kind of behind the scenes, um, and that all starts with the car that's being built. Um, it's not like I'm just hopping into an OEM car that's got a stock roll cage and I'm just, you know, going leap of faith here. Like, we have taken every safe precaution times 10, what we could possibly do. The, the, as I said before, the, the chassis are so strong. You know, I, I never worried about something like that imploding. Um, th- there is stuff that can happen. Absolutely. I mean, on a, on a daily basis, weird, weird stuff happens all the time. But, um, you know, we've done our, in every aspect, our due our diligence, um, that we'll be, we'll have our best chance that, uh, that, that we could. And if it does go wrong, well, we'll have our best chance of being safe as well. Yeah, absolutely. So after the snow jump, uh, what was next? So snow jump, then we went, uh, went out to Oregon that year and, uh, broke the stand to stand record at UTB takeover. Amazing. Uh, that was 154 feet. Um, stand's another gnarly one, you know, like you, you never, you never know about sand. It it uh, it can do some funny things on you too. And if you watch that first jump video, like the car sideways in the air when it landed, you know. And mm-hmm. and like when we build our big ramps for the big jumps, um, I'm a lot more comfortable on those because there's just less of a 
for one, I built the ramp. I know it's perfect. But for two, it's just less variables. You know, you're not going to have one wheel kind of uh, push down off the uh, off the side of a dune, and all of a sudden you're getting a little bit cockeyed in the air. But you take a little bit of um, you know off kilter in the air at 150 plus feet, and all of a sudden you're really off kilter in the air. So um, yeah, it, it sounds sketchy, but that was that was the next one we did 154 in Oregon, and then we came back. Um, <clears throat> I built a new ramp because I I just and, and we got a new site for the next big jump. I mm-hmm. uh, went 223. Um, oh man! And then after 223, I uh, went and raced Baja, and we came back. And we were going to go because I wasn't really happy with 223, and um, so we went down with Baja, came back, and it literally rained for six months straight, like up here, and it was just the, the worst year. We were trying to get three days that we could just go out and hit this ramp again because we knew we had it. And um, it just never let up, man. So we kind of almost lost interest a bit um, just because there's like my, my years are so busy as it is. And then finally, a month before Baja, the next year, we're like, let's just go hit this thing. It's, you know, the weather is starting to be normal again. And um, went and hit it, crashed, uh, just had just you know, uh, a human error. It was, it was completely my error that it crashed, but um, I kind of didn't realize uh, about some gyros in the air that we were had been testing with at lower speeds, but at mm-hmm. higher speeds, everything changed. So crashed up pretty hard. Um, I got a little bit roughed up, but nothing major. I broke a I broke a scapula, oh. and uh, went and went. And we were racing Baja a month later, so obviously it wasn't uh, wasn't that bad. But mm-hmm. that was the last. Uh, ramp attempt that we've done since then and then um uh the next one uh was this year or sorry last year i guess now 2019 uh we did 188 feet at the utv takeover event to get a new sand record yeah yeah that is absolutely amazing and and you know just so for those who don't know, uh, I'm sitting here actually watching uh, kind of like your highlight reel that's on your Facebook page. Um, that's that's in the lane, and there's people on both sides, correct? Yeah, you bet. Okay. So you're going up, essentially, I've seen the full video. Um, you start at the bottom of this massive, you know, it essentially is a sand ramp, but it's a dune in itself. And you just basically, to a, I mean, to a certain degree, you're blind in terms of what's on the other side of that. Uh, how does it feel when, you know, something like that compared to a ramp that you have built yourself? You know, you, you know exactly where you're supposed to land and what have you. And whereas this, the UT takeover event, uh, if I'm not mistaken, outside of yourself, it was a, you know, who can jump the farthest, who will commit the farthest, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's top best. That's one of their events there. And, um, uh, UTV event, UTV takeover has a ton of rad events like short course mm-hmm. racing, all this, all this stuff. But yeah, Hot Fest is who can go the farthest. That's that's the bottom line. Um, it's uh, yeah, again, you're right back to that sand jump, right? You're right back to a bunch of dudes that are going off the same jump. Is getting rutted out. Is getting a little bit sketchy. And mm-hmm. you better you better trust your equipment because uh, if you go for a ride, you're you're gonna feel it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, and, and like I'm glad we we talked about all those. So your your resume is out there. Everyone knows who we're talking to. Um, how do you mentally prepare for you know if you if you say you're going to jump on April first, um, you know how, how do you how are you mentally preparing 
for this over the next, you know, or over the first couple days there? What are you doing this for the days ahead to get yourself ready to, you know, again, face full faith in your your machine, your equipment? But uh, is there is there that little bit of doubt there? I mean, how do you face that? Um, well, hope, hopefully there's no doubt because as soon as you start, as soon as you start doubting something, yeah, that's when you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, my my main concentration usually is on the setup, um, mm-hmm. the setup, you know, meaning the car itself. Uh, I mean, I I go over these things a thousand times. I mean, everyone's human. Everyone can make mistakes for sure. But you know, you, I just I check and check and check and just make sure everything's kind of perfect. Um, tuning in the shocks. That's that's like a I'm always shock tuning I, I always feel that um, we can get a little bit better with our shock tuning so that's something that I'll always be playing with right to the end um, in the past that can bite me uh, but it all, also can you know make for a great jump uh, and then the, the setup of the jump too you know uh, you, there's a lot of factors man it's you got you got your run-ins um, what what's your run-in made out of what's your what's your angles what's your you know what what are you thinking about you're going to fly and then depending on what speed you hit that jump at uh depends a lot how that car is going to react in the air and also uh depends on how you react in the air yeah um, a lot of things have to go on especially on a sand jump where uh your front wheels are are usually being almost wheelied off the takeoff uh due to the paddle tires um you know you gotta you gotta make some pretty split split stick second decisions up there to uh, you know, make sure that you're landing properly on the other side. Man, I agree with you. And and just at at the very highest level, you know, I know everyone kind of has their own pattern, trade secrets, and kind of just feel for the car as a driver. Um, but but what is the secret? Because I hear a lot of people who want to be able to jump their uh, their razors, and you know, the first thing you always hear is, "Can I?" You know, if someone asks, "Can I jump my razor?" Then the next, you know, genius on Facebook comments. Yeah, but the nose is going to dive like crazy. Like, can you give us just a brief, like, how does one hit a jump and, and you know, mildly land it in a fashion that makes sense? Um, I mean, re- realistically, uh, shocks and throttle control. I would say shocks are your are your biggest, you know, what you need to get dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, shocks from OEMs. Uh, are built for a variety of things. They're not built just for jumping. They're not built just for racing. They're built to, to suit everybody's needs. Um, you got to dial in those shocks. Um, that's that would be the first thing uh, that also you know determines how you're flying through the air. Um, there are there are things you can do in the air as well, man. Tapping the brake, hitting the gas. Uh, that's just like a dirt bike. It acts the same way. Now there is a lot of timing involved with that too, and there's a lot of uh, there's a bit more than a bit more than the dirt bike um, to get that part of it right, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think the first things first, man, uh, are shocks. You, you got to have your shocks set proper, and um, the jump itself. Uh, yeah. You know, we're on you're on UTVs now. Um, jumps have to be at least as long as the UTV, uh, or they're going to buck you buck you badly. Um, if you're powering off a jump, you know, you're, and you've got a turbo, you're a good chance you're going to, front end is going to want to fly high unless you, you know, uh, made the appropriate, uh, adjustments to your shot. Um, yeah, they just, it, it, it's a lot about setup, man. Setup and combat. Yeah. yeah. So that's something too that I want to, I want to kind of point out and I feel like is, is a glossed over detail, um, is ramp building. You know, uh, I, <laughs> 
I'm assuming you guys don't just go out there and throw some dirt and, you know, kind of smooth over the top and then jump off of it. Can you tell me, like, what goes into ramp building? Yeah, uh, if you're actually building a jump, it's so important. Um, I mean, I've got a, I've done, we've been doing this for quite a while now. I've got a book, you know, pages and pages long of angles and speeds and what happens and what happens with this, you know, these shock settings on this grade of a jump and at this speed. So, um, I'm going off a lot of, uh, what would you call it? A little bit of experience, let's say, on, on a yeah. lot of the stuff I build. That's where I get my angles from. That's where I get everything. Um, you know, a real key for the UTVs is, is, is have that jump smooth. Um, having like a kicker style jump on a, on a dirt bike, that, unless you're set up for a kicker jump, that's usually going to end, end up pretty bad for you. Um, mm. yeah, just having, having them as smooth, as smooth as possible, good long run ins, you know, just, uh, trying to eliminating the, eliminating any abrupt actions on the face of that jump, I'd say. That's mm. your, that's, that's kind of your key for building them. Yeah, and the reason I ask that is, um, especially here in the southeast, there's parks with jumps built in or short courses built in and, and, you know, recreation weekend guys that are side by side want to go hit the, you know, the MX course and they want to go, you know, hit a jump that's kind of off to the side and they end up hitting some kind of kicker and it just always ends bad and that's either that or you see exactly what you mentioned earlier. Um, somebody hitting a ramp that's a quarter of the size or, you know, a lift off, a quarter of the size of a razor and it just bucks the rear end and the front end just goes, you know, head over, you know, heels over head over and over again. Um, yeah. so that's why I ask is people's, people's judgment. Sometimes they need to hear it from someone who knows what they're talking about, uh, to kind of help that judgment the next time they see a, a, a ramp they maybe shouldn't hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah man. Um, or, or or set the shocks up accordingly, as I said, like booters. You know, you got yeah. stock work. We uh, we in what was it in 2000? I'm trying to think of the years here. We we used to run uh, up here in Canada. All the all the uh, short course races we run were on motocross tracks. Really? And so you know, we we'd have to set them up accordingly. And I mean, it's a it, it was it was a really good time. Uh, I don't do it as much anymore just because uh, we got busy and we're traveling the U.S. a little bit more now, but. Um, yeah, hitting triples and stuff on these uh, with these side by sides, and you're literally jumping over people because some of them did, didn't want to do the triple. Um, mm-hmm. That was a it was a pretty cool feeling when you got the, the car dialed enough that you could land you know safely on the other side. Yeah. So uh, one thing I want to talk about is um, your experience racing. You mentioned Baja, um, and forgive my ignorance. Is Baja is coming up soon, or did it just finish? No, we just finished. Okay, that's what, okay. Thank you. I couldn't remember if it was if I had seen the preliminary stuff and not the ending or vice versa. Um, so when you race Baja, uh, that's kind of the Wild West, some of those courses, um, or for uh-huh. some of that course. Yeah, it, 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 all of Baja is the Wild West. That's what's so cool about it. Um, Mexico is such a unique place in that, you know, there's, there's very little rules. There's just, it's just, it's crazy down there. So whether it's yeah. on the race course, off the race course, you know, uh, preliminarily up to the race or after the race, you're always going to get your eyes opened up. That's what's, that's what's so cool about Baja. The, uh, the trains, the train is gnarly in Baja too because you have everything. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the videos and stuff you'll see about Baja is just, you know, trophy trucks just flying over these huge whip sections, right? At however many miles an hour. And, um, Baja also has mountains we got to go through with huge rocks. 
Really? Uh, there's sand pits, there's silt, there's water, there's treed areas, there's cactus bed, there's, there's everything. And so that's what's cool about ball is, is you really, you really, uh, you gotta, you gotta be prepared for whatever, uh, whatever it's thrown at you. Like this, this year on the top of the mountains, it was snowing when we went through. Wow. Wow. Now, see, that's such a common misconception is that when you guys go run this race, you know, people just assume, oh, it's a desert race that goes through Mexico. They just think it's, a, you know, 120 degrees. Now, that's absolutely awesome that you guys are getting kind of a look at all those different terrains all through that single race. Um, would you say that Baja, uh, given your previous racing experience, is Baja the pinnacle for you in terms of, uh, like, off-road racing? Um, it's, I think it's become the pinnacle for me. Um, I've, I mean, I used to love short course and I still, I still do. Uh, but once we, I got a little older, uh, when, you know, we started doing the Baja thing and something about the Baja just, it just caught me man. and I think it's because it's more than just a race. Um, it was more than just a, again, not knocking short course cause I love it, but it was more than just sitting at a track and you know, spinning laps, you definitely get the adrenaline there as well when you're neck and neck with someone, and and that is what I miss. We don't get as much neck and neck stuff out in Baja, right? I like uh, sure. it was always uh, it, that was my favorite part about racing is when you're, you know, say you're behind someone and you're you're trying to figure out you know what their next move is, and you're you're playing with them, you're testing them. It's just like a UFC fight, you know, you give them a give them a little jab, see how they react, and they yeah. react. And that that was what was so cool about short course, whereas the Baja is this, it's this huge, you got a whole team. Um, there's so many more, um, irons in the fire out there where you, you know, everything has to work perfectly. And, um, uh, you've got your chase guys that got to be in the right spot at the right time. You got your, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have pits. You're going to have, you know, failures. You're going to hit rocks. You're going to do things. How are you guys going to react to that when that happens? You know, um, it's, it's just such a bigger picture. And there's something about the unknown out there too. You never really know what's over that next dark crest, mm-hmm. and so that's that's a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a rush, sort of say as well. It's just you're 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 kind of flying into the unknown. You don't know if there's a new rock or a new a new buggy park there or something, right? Like I've got I got nailed one year. We uh, we we pre-ran the section. We pre-ran three times. I was running with another team. And um, we're, we're like, oh, man, we were so confident. Like, we had this section. We had it dialed. Like, we had every corner, everything. Like, I almost memorized it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, were, we were having some light bar issues. And it was at night when I jumped in. We went flying down this course. And uh, a truck had kicked a big rock up into – and it wasn't, it wasn't huge, huge, but it was, like, you know, big enough that we shouldn't be going over it. And it had kicked it up at night right in a section where – um, you, you were just cresting, you know, you couldn't quite see, but I mean, we had that section on the map marked as fast. We're like, you know, hey man, this is a speed section. And it was on the side of a mountain. We had nowhere to go. And we came barreling over this thing. The light bar wasn't working properly. And that was the last time we really ever just like, like, uh, we're confident on the notes almost, you know, because <laughs> we went to get this rock and yeah. kind of wrecked the car, had to limp back to the pit, get it all fixed up, cost us a bunch of time. Um, yeah, it, it's just, you never know out there. You never know what's, 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 what's around the next corner. Yeah, so, so okay, I have a little side note here. You used an analogy about a UFC fighter. Are you a UFC fan? Oh, yeah, big time. Okay, cool. Me too. Who, uh, okay, first question. Uh, you got Cowboy versus Connor next weekend. Who's going to win? 
Uh, I hope Cowboy. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of that. He talks too much. <laughs> Man, I, I, uh, to a certain degree, I feel the same way. I was actually in Vegas for the Habib, uh, Connor fight. And man, it was madness. Absolute madness. Um, but, but I, I just, uh, I, there's this weird feeling that I feel like I, I want to root for Cowboy. And it's really unexplained. I got nothing against Connor. I think Connor's a good fighter. He's really great to watch. Um, but man, just that, that underdog for Cowboy. Cowboy's finally getting his golden ticket. And, uh, dude, I'm stoked. I hope he pulls it out. Yeah, I think, I think he will, man. It's, it, it's, uh, kind of weird what happens in the head of a fighter when they get, when, when they, when they get that big first loss. Like, like, uh, you know, Connor did lose to Nate, but that wasn't quite as, quite as a domination loss as when he yeah. lost to Abib. Like, Abib destroyed that guy. Like, it was insane. He's a murderer. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, Abib's not the, not the most exciting guy to watch, but, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, yeah, how how badly he manhandled Connor in that? I think I think it played a bit of a toll. So you look at the history of all the UFC guys, and after that first initial you know big loss, a lot of the guys don't seem to come back. And and Connor was he was always good at getting in people's heads. That was yeah. his, his running his mouth the way he did. But mm-hmm. everyone's kind of picked up on his game now, you know. And uh, yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. You look you you look at a. a, a a real, I was a, a real fan of Spider Silva, you know that that yeah. that dude was he's badass man. In his time, he he really brought something to the UFC that no one had ever seen before. Mm-hmm. But you know, once he got knocked out, people kind of figured out what his game was, you know, and yeah. uh, and and then it was kind of it was pretty hard for him to get back into that. Yeah. So uh, with that, I got two more questions. Um, what do you you know you, if you like Silva, do you like Stylebender? You like Adesanya? Uh, Stylebender's rowdy, man. Um, he is. <laughs> he's starting to get a little, he's starting to get that, I just hate that chirp, man. I hate people yeah. that chirp off. I just, and I'd, I'd like to see that go away because he doesn't need to. The guy's a super talented dude. Um, and, uh, I mean, he'll, he'll go places for sure. Uh, yeah. But, well, yeah. He's, he's got, he's got Yoel coming up. I think they, I don't know if they've officially confirmed it. Um, but I think that they've even said that, uh, he's going to fight Yoel in February at some point. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. It's going to be war. (laughs) Well, those, you you got to think both those dudes, those guys have like fought for their lives before, you know, like they've come from several countries and that, that's a, that's a gnarly, that's a gnarly thing, man. That's, that's a, that's next level tough right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and my last one is, uh, obviously Habib smothered Connor, just, just laid it on him. Uh, you got the Ferguson Habib fight for the fifth time coming up. Uh, hopefully it actually goes through. Um, who wins that one? I think Abib's going to be on top for quite a while. I think so, too. And uh, he's even, you know, again, just speculation, but he's even tossed around the idea of after the Ferguson fight retiring. And, you know, maybe maybe he pulls a GSP and retires, but, uh, you know, Habib and GSP have both said that that's the, you know, GSP has said that's the fight he'll come back for. He'll come back for a money fight. Um, and I think if, if he, if, if Habib beats Ferguson, then we have the clear indication that like GSP needs to come back versus Habib and, and let it end both of their careers for good. Because, uh, if, if Habib were to win that, that would just, uh, put a huge stamp on, uh, his career. And, you know, GSP has been out for a while, so it could, you know, you don't, you just don't know about him. Yeah, it's a tough one, man. I couldn't even imagine, uh, 
I couldn't even imagine having that much time off and then trying to get back into it. You know, that would be such, yeah. a, such an uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to a, a short podcast with uh, his uh, GSP's trainer. I think it's Faraz Harabi. Forgive me if anybody knows the name of it. I think his first name is Faraz. And uh, he was saying that GSP basically is uh, still in shape, still trains, you know, five, four or five days a week. Like, he's not in camp, but he's he's definitely uh, on the edge of it. And I, I don't know. The whole idea of that entire process happening, uh, I think it'd be awesome. But I think Ferguson's going to bring something that um, Habib hasn't seen. And, uh, you know, I think it'll it'll be fun to watch. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun to watch, for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. So back to off-road. <laughs> Everyone that just stayed with us for a little while, thank you. Um, uh, so we talked about Baja, you talked about short course. Have you ever thought about doing King of Hammers? Um, yeah, you know what? It's, on, it's definitely on the list. Um, it's not something I'm jumping into this year. Um, again, it's, it's, I've only got so much time in, the, in a day is, is what it boils down to. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've got I, I've got two businesses I got to run as long as as well as my own stuff. So, um, it's uh, it, King of the Hammers. It's it's not, I wouldn't say it's right up my alley, but it's um, it's definitely something that I'm sure I'd love when I got into it. And um, just th- again, like when we go down to Ball, you know, it's, it's a three four week ordeal for us. You know, you're between the pre running, the traveling. Um, you know, there's always problems you got to deal with. Um, yeah. King of the Hammers be no different. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of pre-running. It's, it's a shorter race, so it's more of a dash. So, um, yeah, I just I just I'll get there one day, but just haven't got there yet. Okay, cool. And I always think that the, the guys who run Baja, it's so funny. Um, it, there's there's a set of the Ultra Four Baja kind of separation, and then some of the guys from the East Coast that come over and run King of Hammers, and and that's just always been very curious to me. Because it seems that there is a crossover between Baja and King of Hammers being the open desert sections, but um, you know, when you tell me that there's rock sections and things like that uh, in Baja, it kind of just makes me wonder even more why those teams and why those programs don't go ahead and come on over. But I'm sure that I'm sure everyone has their reasons, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's just and it's it's a bit of a different style race again. Like the the King of the Hammer is just it isn't that long, right? It's more of a it's right. more of a dash, in my opinion. Whereas the the Baja, you know, you're 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 24 hours on a good day, and and that requires a whole kind of a different program. I know cars would be set up different. Again, I've ran King of the Hammers, but I've I've seen some of the terrain. Um, there's definitely more crawling going on. In the King of the Hammers, so you'd be, you know, you'd be, uh, you'd have a different setup car, I'm sure. Um, oh, people get into their into their niche, right? They get into what yeah. they like, and that's that's kind of what they they roll with. Yeah, absolutely. You still there? Yep, you bet. Man. Okay, cool. Sorry, I uh, I do my recordings through um, through basically through software, and as we're sitting here talking, I'm actually cruising through your Facebook, and occasionally it'll my computer screen will kind of like slow down on me, and uh, I haven't lost anybody yet, but I don't want I'm gonna make sure I didn't lose you there. Um, yeah. <laughs> let me let me just uh, go ahead and say this: <clears throat> you're a uh, Polaris Razor like factory sponsored driver, correct? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, my questions for you are about the machines. Um, you know, I'm assuming you've gotten a chance to drive them all. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Turbo S? I love the S. <laughs> yeah, <that's my, laughs> is, is, is probably my favorite car to date. Um, 
I love everything about it. Um, it just it works so well. There's so many little uh, so many little things that have been done to that car. A lot of people just thought originally it was an XP1000 with a long travel kit mm-hmm. on it, and it still isn't. It's so much more than that. Um, what did they change? Well, just just like uh, the way the suspension works, um, the way things tow in, tow out, uh, your um, your alignment. Let's say when you're off the ground, coming onto the ground, um, just to keep that car in line when, uh, when when you're like you know just getting right at that brink of, of the of the wheels taking off. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, it's an amazing car. Um, I have a couple Dynamics uh, Razors. Um, the Dynamics shocks are badass. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm so impressed with the electronics. You know, it's just it's you, when being able to hit a button and get that that much of a personality change in the car uh, just such a cool feature for me um, and, and there's lots of bells and whistles you know they, they, it comes with a good a good GPS in it um, it's, it comes with 32 inch tires it comes with some A-arms that are actually pretty tough we uh, we raced Baja this year with a stock set of wow. A-arms um, with, we, we, we welded a few gussets into them um, but still you know bottom line we had some stock A-arms in there so uh, in, in my opinion the S uh, you know, to date is by far the best machine that Polaris has ever come out with. But then now we have the Pro, um, mm-hmm. another incredible machine. Um, I there's a lot of features about the Pro that are really cool. A lot of pe- features about the S that are really cool. Um, my Pro this year will probably I'll be probably long traveling it right off the bat because that's mm-hmm. the only thing that I think is missing. Um, but for that vehicle in a trail circumstance where you need a narrower car, there's nothing there's nothing else on the market that could even touch it. Like it's nothing even in the same category. Yeah. Um so where you know, you actually kinda of answered this, but I'm gonna go ahead and ask it anyways. Um where do you think the Turbo S shines where the Pro XP uh doesn't? And then vice versa. <clears throat> Your Pro XP is gonna and again, it's just opinionated because I don't have enough time. Like I have ridden the Pro a bit, uh, but I don't mm-hmm. have the time like I do in the in the in the S model. Okay. Um, but, but when we were bombing around in the desert, it seemed like even though uh, even though it was um, a, a short travel car, it acted like a long travel car. Like you were, it, it was still very very stable, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did seem because of that uh, that we. We weren't able to take on some of the huge obstacles, let's say, that the S seemed to, seemed to eat up. Um, the the Pro XT, uh, again, haven't had a ton of time to test with, but what we've tested with is the clutching was just incredible on it. Um, and the, the geometry design, again, on that Pro is, is it's pretty next level. Like, it's... From, from from what I've been seeing, what I've been feeling, it's pretty badass, man. So yeah. you know, I, I would say I would say the pro. Once the pro gets the gets a long travel kit on it, you know, I'm pretty sure that that's the new king in town. Um, but I've still got my asses and haven't got a ton of time on the pro yet. So I definitely think that as set up as it is, the the long travel S can absorb bigger obstacles in a stock form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's funny you say that. Uh, I'm actually getting a chance uh, tomorrow afternoon to go out and um, drive a, a Pro myself, and it's basically mine for the afternoon. Um, so I'm really excited to get a chance to get some seat time in it because uh, I'm a big 
Uh, I've only owned Polaris's. I really like the machine. Um, you think about what I was going to say before uh, I got on this tangent. Um, I can just go ahead and go into it. Uh, so I'm looking at a new vehicle uh, to build a race car out of. It's likely that it will be the Pro that I'll end up getting. Um, yeah. But my question for you is, in the future, you know, is, is, is the next step for Polaris to have the Pro XP a 72-inch wide car from the factory? That's a good question, man. I, I was asking that. And I never got any answers about it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I really don't know what they got up their sleeve. Um, you know, another real big big thing about the the actually let's talk about the pros. Let's talk about the pros highlights. How about okay. that? Um, it's uh, so you've got more power. You've got a you've got a different uh, torque curve, which is a more usable torque curve. It's not just this uh, top end crazy power that's uncontrollable. It's just real steady flow. Of, tor- of torque and power throughout the cycle. You've got an upgraded clutch system. You've got a, uh, a one-piece frame now that's super strong. Um, uh, not only are the tubes bigger, but they've just they've done a lot of reinforcing on that frame, so you've got a really strong strength frame to start with. Uh, you've got shock angles and shocks that are, you know, really next level. Like, uh, you're, you're, they've, they're doing some major homework on that stuff, so that's super badass. You know, again, it's that uh, it's, it's and maybe it's a bit of, even a bit of my bullheadedness, but it's just you know having a short a short travel car for mm-hmm. a desert application would wouldn't be as ideal. Um, whereas the S just is this long travel beast, literally turbo beast. That's what they call it because there's no better better uh, better name for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so with that, uh, you know, we kind of mentioned. The, and my, I, I really think, just as someone who's watched Polaris over the years, I think the next thing that they do um, is kind of re-release the Pro XP as the 72-inch version next year um, or the following, what have you. I think they're doing like two years for new car slash model releases. Um, but what do you think about the aesthetics of it? Because everything that I've heard, everyone's big complaint with the Pro XP is, you know, oh, it's the same engine, oh, it's the same, and it looks bad. And like, it, th- th- what are your thoughts on the aesthetics coming um, from the previous model? Yeah, I think that, and that's the thing. Um, sometimes it, it isn't the same engine. You know, there, there's a lot of different stuff. There's a lot of different stuff done that people don't really realize. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, the uh, I don't know if I want to use the word Polaris doesn't get it out there enough, but there's there's just yeah. Sometimes the the message doesn't get out there of how much has actually changed on that car. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention that engine. That engine is badass. I mean, there, there's guys racing that engine all over the place. Uh, <laughs> that engine has been a great engine. It can, it, it's capable of making huge horsepower. Um, yeah, even if it was the same engine, I'd have no problem with it. Yeah. Um, as for what was the other question you asked? Uh, just the looks. What are your thoughts on the looks? That's probably the oh. the, P, the PC way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the looks. Um, I mean, it, it looks is such a preference thing. I mean, you can. Some people like Ferraris. Some people like Lamborghinis. It, it, it's almost not even worth commenting on when it comes to the looks. Um, I, I just once once you once you get in it, once you feel what a Pro XP drives like, um, all of a sudden, what you thought of the looks kind of goes out the door. Yeah, I understand that for sure. And I, I've got a chance to sit in one myself. And I was initially critical that it appeared that they put, uh, you know, there was obviously mechanical, frame, structural uh, performance upgrades put into the car. 
but it seemed like the big marketing push by Polaris was primarily in the creature comforts. And as someone who, you know, we end up disgusting and muddy and dirty by the time we end up riding, you know, I'm not necessarily worried about the creature comforts, about the steering wheel being in a more reachable position, seats, leg room, things like that. Like, that's not why I bought the car. I bought the car to do the other things. And when I sat in it, uh, and I put my hands on the steering wheel, got everything positioned, I was like, whoa, you know, I'm not one for night, like, I'm not one to have the nicest interior and things like this and that, but man, they really nailed the inside of that car, and it's, it's, it made me sit there and think, okay, this might be worth the, the price tag, you know, just from what I'm feeling here. Yeah, yeah, Thumper's Dumper, huge, um, maybe, maybe, yeah, it said, like, aesthetics, I, I couldn't, I'm not overly worried about aesthetics either, but uh, yeah, comfort comfort's huge, man. The, the way those, the way you're you're sucked into those seats, um, that means you're going around corners and you're not bracing your body because you now you can concentrate on driving. Just getting that steering wheel and, and uh, in in the right spot, having the command controls of your suspension on the steering wheel, that's mm-hmm. so huge. Uh, if you once you get good at that, like that's, that's a huge game changer. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and visibility everywhere. You know, they've, they've done a lot of as I said, Polaris is. Polaris is always good for these these underlying qualities that no one really realizes. Uh, I know there's other OEMs that come out with these huge specs, and um, I, I deal with it all, all day long. Um, but you know, all these spec machines, and oh, it's got this much travel on it, this this much and this much. It's such a it's such a small um, it's such a small thing in the big picture when you're building an actual you know a car that's and now that the Razor's a car that's built to last. Yeah, sure, and and that that kind of leads into the into the next question. Um, actually, I'm going to save that one. I'm going to come back to it. Uh, so, uh, have you been keeping up with the? Uh, is it pronounced like Dakar? The race, Dakar. Is that it? I I, I think so, man. Okay. I know it's <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I always every time I hear someone say it, they say it differently. Um, so, what do you think about the potential engine? that is in the OT3 designed Red Bull racing car um, that got raced by Mitch Guthrie Jr. Um, this week and this last, I think the last couple days here. Um, obviously, different engine. Uh, OT3 says it's their design. Polaris, you know, Note and Polaris wasn't involved, but yet the suspension is totally different and the engine bay is covered up completely. It seems very spy-esque in terms of what's actually powering that and I think from the sound of it and, and from you know kind of spy shots that people have taken uh, you know when they've seen the machine out in the Middle East uh, it's not the same engine definitely going to be a three-cylinder uh, what do you think about that? Um, I don't I don't know a ton about it, man. Um, I've been I've been following Mitchie a little bit just because mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, teammate and uh, and uh, seeing that he's been doing well with his car, I I haven't honestly got into the uh, into the technical part of it. Uh, okay. At this point, I'm just I'm just watching him race, and I'm sure I'm sure when it's all said and done, we'll start getting into into the technical side of things. Yeah, pretty pretty sweet car he's got. I'll tell you. Um, and I I got a chance. I think someone on Facebook somewhere uh, they were actually at the race and saw the car parked. I think before the race started or what have you. And got some pictures of it and it's really really neat um how things are set up and obviously the car is performing at an extremely high rate because i think in stage four uh mitch jr actually uh he won so good for him congratulations to him um yeah. sure sure absolutely um well that's kind of all i had towards that uh you know because 
I'm sure you see a lot. I'm sure everybody knows the other, you know, anything else and, and anything, any other questions people have that they can uh, go find it online. Um, but uh, the other question I had for you was, and, and again, I know that this is a bit trade secrets, um, but you being, you know, the man in terms of uh, jumps, giant landings, things like that, your suspension, you know, is that car before you take it off one of these jumps? Are you riding on like steel beams? Is your suspension just a thousand pounds, you know, uh, per inch on every coil? How, how, you know, what is that car like suspension wise uh, that that is made to take the abuse of uh, of these giant jumps? Um, it's uh, it, no, it's, it's by, by no means on steel beams. Um, that car is very light. Um, everything we build is is you know sub fifteen hundred pounds um, wow. all day long. And um, no, it's it's it, it's a you know power weight shock ratio, man. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff comes like that car was built to do you know one thing right, and that was take huge impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the reason the shock angles are the way they are. All that um, I have custom built shocks in there that you know have a lot of goodies inside them that is more than meets the eye. Um, it it doesn't land it doesn't land hard. I mean, I, I if I if I ground out, I'm pissed. You know, like I'm I'm not the guy that Grounds out, bounces off the frames. Like, yeah, it was a good jump. Like, I'll, I'll be, I'll be right back, to, right back to the drawing board if I ever ground out, man. So, um, yeah, we 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 did ground out UTV takeover this year, huh. and it, you know, that's the, the car is a completely different car now than it was last time when when we jumped. Um, so, um, yeah, man, it, it's all for me. For me, that's the, that's the game, you know. Uh, just seeing how far we can push these things. Um, basically, let's say, yeah. to um, by my design. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's so funny is when when you, you we kind of talked about interviewing set of times. The first question I wanted to ask you is if you have any active vertebra left, if you have any like spinal, you know, fluid in any of your discs, because <laughs> being being the guy that jumps like this, you know. Uh, you know, I was going to ask if you'd gotten shorter after your career of doing this because it has to be brutal on your body. Do you suffer any kind of, like, consequences from being, you know, the man who repeatedly takes these massive jumps? You know what? I came from a, I came from a dirt biking background like a, like a lot of guys did. Um, I was in freestyle motocross for years. And um, any, I would say 90% of the back injuries that I have endured is from that, not from not from the UTVs. Um, again, back then it was more reckless abandonment. You know, that was the auto suspended, right? You know, fly off jumps. You know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it doesn't, it didn't. Um, but again, today, you know, these days things are very well thought out before we go off anything. And my, my back actually is, is in pretty good shape. Like I'm, 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 I'm active. I go to the gym every day. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've got my struggles, but it, it, nothing, nothing even worth talking about, honestly. Um, yeah, absolutely. I um I would uh, yeah I, I'd say I'd say I'm still in pretty good shape and um, I'll stay in good shape because I'm going to keep uh, building these cars to the next level so that I'm not taking those huge impacts you know the the impact that gets you is the ground outs right when your suspension bottoms and your metal on metal or when you designed a car that the frame hits the ground before the the, the wheels do um, that uh, those are all things that goes that's how guys get hurt. Yeah, um, and I think that that's a super valid answer there, and I think that that's that's awesome to stay active. That's one of the biggest things I tell people, and uh, I actually had one of our sponsors sponsors of our show. Um, he mentioned during his 
first interview he ever did with the show, um, that he, uh, he basically, you know, had issues with the dirt bikes and the four wheelers and then, uh, moved to UTVs, ended up losing a bunch of weight and that really helped. So that's something a lot of people I feel like don't take into account is the fact that not only are you weight in the car, but you also, you know, how much you weigh really, really affects what happens to your body um, during a race and things like that, too. So uh, hats off to you for, you know, kind of doing everything you need to do to be a successful package there. Um, so I did have a couple more loose questions. Uh, there's like a short little video of here on your uh, Facebook page under Al Macbeth, and it's you running your razor over water. How wait, yep. do, do you just hit it wide open and hope that you just don't sink down? What, what goes through your mind when you're hitting water? <laughs> Water's rad, man. It's like this. Uh, uh, how would you explain it? It's uh, it's just one of those things that's not really meant to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it water's cool. Um, yeah, it is. It, it is all about wide open. I, again, again, setup is huge. Um, you know, you got to be running the right tires. You got to be. You gotta have the right car. You gotta have the right power. But yeah, it, it is. It is more or less just a, a, a wide open, uh, hit, hitting it fast, and whatever you got is going to give you your, your best chance for getting across that lake. <laughs> cool. Now, another thing that I've noticed from your social media over the past couple of days is um, your tracks. You're doing some snow riding. Um, obviously, I got the call from you. I didn't know where you were based out of. Um, will you share with everyone where you are? Because I know like provinces are a little different than states. Yeah, so we're we're from BC, Canada. Uh, we're right on top of Washington, um, and uh, I, I'm right on the coast. Uh, we're we're about uh, 45 minutes out of a main city called Vancouver, BC. Um, awesome. We live in a an amazing part of the world here because we have everything. We've got so many rivers. We don't know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> we've got mountains. Like I, I can be snowmobiling out of my out of my yard in 45 minutes. Uh, we have the big, the big, like well-known mountains like Whistler and Revelstoke. That's all like you know, a couple hours away. Uh, we're right in the middle of everything here, so it really is a, it's a well, very desirable place to live when it comes to the outdoor outdoor life. Cool. Uh, tell me about the tracks. Who makes them? Do you like them? Are they working? Do they break on you? Stuff like that. Yeah, so we we teamed up with Track System Canada uh, last year actually. It was right, but we kind of got at it late in the season, so we didn't get a full year out of them. Um, I've had I've tried tracks in the past. I never had any luck with them. Um, I tried my first set of tracks. I think they lasted 15 minutes and they broke and like broke beyond fixing, and we just threw them in the garbage. Uh, yeah. The second set of tracks, I think they lasted an hour and they were done. So I had kind of a, a bad taste in my mouth, and then I something came over my feed one day about these. Uh, Track system Canada tracks, and one of the things that always kind of was frustrating to me about tracks is they're so slow. You just like yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not into this to go slow. You know, I'm not, I'm not a rock crawler. I like going fast. And um, and these track system Canada, the first thing I said, they said on their site, they were like the 60 mile an hour tracks. I'm like, oh, you got my attention right away. <laughs> and so I got talking to these guys, and uh, we've ended up uh, doing some testing for them, and. Um, they're a great product. Um, they're designed very different than anything you, you've, you've seen on any other track system out there. But to their advantage, um, the, they have less. They put less leverage on your your, your actual vehicle, and uh-huh. in doing so, they they survive longer as well. I've got you know over 250 miles on the track so far. I've had zero failures that have actually like left me stranded. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're indestructible, but um, you know, if I'm having trouble wrecking them, then then that's, there's something to be said about that. 
Yeah, yeah, we've we've been having a lot of fun with them, man. Um, I'm actually heading up this Sunday. We're going back to Whistler. Uh, Whistler's big mountain stuff, you know, glaciers, seven thousand. Whistler's plus. beautiful, man. And um, yeah, we're 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 some of the only UTVs ripping around there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Last yeah. year we went, to, we went to Pemberton Ice Field, and um, it, some of the guys that we were with on Snowbike, they're like, I don't think there's ever been a UTV up here before, but it's uh, it, it was cool, man. It was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome, and that's that's awesome that you know that's something that you kind of stumbled upon as yourself, and uh, have helped not only helped improve but also um, like you're using, you're you're promoting it, you're doing you're doing a good job. And uh, tracks are a tricky one. They, I agree with everything you said, kind of leading up to that. Um, I'm I'm one of those people that uh, I talked to a couple of guys in the full size uh, Ultra Four realm who have uh, portals on their car. And a lot of the guys here in the southeast run portals on their vehicles. Um, and I've always been a hard – it's a hard sell for me to run portals, and it's also a hard sell to think that tracks would hold up, kind of for the same reasoning. But it's really cool to hear that um, they kind of seem to find the happy middle ground. Um, so what were the name? What was the name of the brand of those tracks, one more time, for people to have? It's the, it's the Track Systems Canada is, is what, the, what the company is. They're based out of uh, eastern Canada. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something to check out. I mean, if, if, if anyone listening hasn't seen what these things can do yet, uh, I've got a video online uh, that I think we released at the end of 19. Um, be a pretty good uh, indicator. You know, it, it, it's unlike any, any video I think you've ever seen before on with, with a, a vehicle in the snow just because of where we are. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'll definitely include a link to it in the, in the post for the show. Um, one more thing here. You being, you know, north of the United States, pretty much no one in the United States has say so here. You being north of the United States in the snow, how do you deal with the cold? Because you're not just cold. I live in Tennessee, okay? So I think it's cold outside when it's, you know, 20, 30 degrees. But you live in the, like, I have an angry soul cold. And how, how do you do it up there? No, we're we're not quite that far up. Um, we're, <laughs> like like on, on some of the big mountains, it would be maybe like, and again, this is in Celsius, but it's minus ten. So you know, as you're saying, that that's the twenty, the twenty uh, fifteen degree in Fahrenheit. Um, yeah, that's kind of the area we're living in. Um, you go up to the top of BC, that's when you're getting into the into the stuff that you just walk out the door and you're just mad right away because you got okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're not uh, yeah we're 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 not we're not there at all. Okay, cool, cool. Because I, I always have to ask, I hate the cold, and man, uh, it's uh, interesting to me that, that people choose to live up there where it makes you angry. Um, but what I've done, <laughs> what I've done is uh, uh, announcing the podcast. I kind of just have a couple fan questions for you. Um, one uh, one guy mentioned here uh, the live valving in the shocks. You talked a little bit about the dynamic shocks, but um, if you had the option, you know, to get the 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 live valve shocks, um, obviously that's a that's a price increase on a vehicle. Is that really worth it for just your average recreational trail weekend rider? I, w- I would say so, honestly. Um, you, you, it, it's kind of hard to explain until you ride it. Um, every, every person that I've talked to that has gotten a live valve car, uh, they just can't stop riding. They can't. They can't. Um, they can't wipe the smell off the face, you know, and it, it's just, it's such a, it's such a cool feature having that, that dash, dash selection where you can, you know, go into the dunes, you hit, you hit, uh, you hit your soft button, you're going through the, all the, you know, the miles of whoops before you get to the dunes, 
then you hit your sports section for flying through the dunes, and you see you come up to a sharp edge, you know, hit your firm, or you want to do some jumping, you hit your firm. It's a pretty, it's a pretty badass feature to have, man. Um, they also, those shocks, I mean, they're always learning. Um, and so they're learning your riding style, they're learning cornering, they're learning everything. So they keep the car flat in the corner. Uh, they, they, they just, they're always learning on you. They, they, you start hitting washout ditches, it'll learn to keep that back end down. Um, it, it's pretty hard to beat Electronics, man, and Polaris has nailed it with that system. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome, man. And the, the, uh, and I think that's a really good answer. The, the last question is it, is it hard to walk around with the enormous airtime balls? <laughs> <laughs> all calculation, man. It's all calculation. It's not, 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 I never, I never pushed the term balls. Um, balls are what get people hurt. Um, yeah. No, it, 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 it is really, it's, it's, not to push, you know, put blanket over it, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's all about calculations and just feeling comfortable and, you know, not going above your, um, above your skill level or, or, or pushing your limits too far. Cause there, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, man, there ain't no jump in the world that's, that's worth, you know, uh, being, uh, permanently injured after, let's say that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my last question for you, and then you're free to kind of, if we have any more things you want to talk about. Um, Southeast Racing, uh, I'm sure you've probably seen it at one time or another on YouTube or Facebook or what have you. Um, the big rock bouncers and the hill climbs, has that ever piqued your interest? And if so or if not, um, is it something that you would ever, you know, uh, you make your way across the country, is it ever an event that you would like to come to to come either race and watch these hill climbs or is that just out of your wheelhouse? Uh, it's pretty cool, man. I watch. Uh, I watch. Uh, I think the channel I'm, I'm subscribed to is Mad Ram. Yeah. Um, those guys. Those guys seem to roll pretty hard, man. It's uh, it, it, it's a totally different world, and it would it would take me a bit of uh, it would take me a bit of time. Like the, the way I am is, if I'm going to get into something, I'm going to get into it hard. You know sure. what I mean? Like that, that, that's just me. So you know, I would never go out to an event. With a half-ass car and and try to go rockbound or, or 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 do those crazy hill climbs that those guys would do. Uh, do I think it's do I think it's badass? Absolutely. Uh, I've seen some super cool stuff, and now I see that you're, they're incorporating a bunch of these gnarly little jumps and step ups into a bunch of their stuff too, which is just it, it's super cool, man. Um, I would I'm actually going to be in Virginia this year uh, for a UTV takeover in April. Um, I know that's maybe not quite where you guys are, are, are talking, but um, yeah, I, I, I'd be totally down with, with, with going and checking it out anyway. Whether I'm going to build an entire car for it, we'll see, but uh, it, it's definitely something. And, and the, the fan base out there looks right up my alley, too. Yeah, yeah, man. They uh, trust me. As soon as they they catch wind, because uh, your your picture on your post is going to be of you, you know, flying four million feet in the air, coming back from the atmosphere. Uh, once people kind of understand what you do, they, it's it's like an instant respect and instant interest in what you have to do, and uh, just more eyes on you for the future. But um, with that being said. That's kind of all that I had planned in terms of things and topics I wanted to touch on. Is there anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you wanted to? Mm, I, I mean, I think we got, we got we got a bit of stuff covered. Um, I'd say uh, you know uh, everyone, uh, if if you're not aware of it yet, uh, UTV Takeover. Um, it's a it's an event that I'm now pretty heavily involved with. Um, these are a, a great group of dudes, and they've been kind of rolling around the country um, doing these events. Um, definitely nice nice to see support at these events. Um, as I said, this year we'll be in Virginia. 
Uh, we'll be in uh, Utah, I believe. I think we've got, uh, we've definitely got Oregon. And the last one, oh, this is bad. I should, I should know it, but uh, I think it's, I think it's. Uh, sorry, man. One sec. Just gonna look sure. it up here. Yeah, no problem. Should have known that before. Uh, Oklahoma. That's our other, our other one. So there's four EV takeover events this year. Um, I'll be at all four this year, and uh, yeah, love love to see everyone out there. And it's 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 a good time. Lots of really cool events. Always some sort of a a huck fest event, you know, on top of it. And um, uh, really, it's a, it's a, it's a big fun party. Well, cool, man. Cool. Uh, people know where to find you. Do you want to give uh, any sponsors or anybody else a shout out while you've got the opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to thank. Well, whatever it's great first off, because those guys, those guys are, they're my title sponsor and they definitely, um, you know, de- definitely helped me out, uh, tenfold. Um, Concept Distributing, another, you know, another title sponsor of mine. Um, kind of without them, we wouldn't be, wouldn't be here and they, they, they fund a lot of this, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, uh, Marlon Products is a deck company that I, uh, have been working with recently. Um, we actually designed a UTV deck together. Uh, it's called the, well, it's a Marlon Alma Beth Edition UTV deck. Um, this thing's got, again, it's on, on my pages and we're actually doing a little infomercial on it soon. It's got all the bells and whistles from, uh, you know, not only putting a UTV on the back of your truck, uh, but it's got full storage compartments, both sides, slide outs, uh, a hundred and, or what is it? 200 liter fuel cell in it, or 200 liter, 200 gallon fuel cell in it, uh, full fueling station, um, super cool, super cool thing. So, uh, something to Marlon's nationwide. So something to definitely check out if you're trying to get your UTV around. Um, Simpson Race Products and other guys that have just been, they've been keeping me safe since day one. Um, big shout out to those guys too. They're always, they're always helping us out. Uh, Evolution Power Sports, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're where I get most of my power solutions from. Uh, they make great, great product, big power. Um, love those guys. Uh, fuel off-road, uh, wheels and tires. Um, they, they jumped on board. I started running their gear last year and at the end of this year, they actually jumped on board for a sponsor. Um, they definitely got some great products and, uh, a company that really stands behind their products, which is, you know, something that I'm totally for. Uh, so yeah, big hats off to those guys. Uh, Sector 7 Zone, those are some dudes that, uh, make some badass, uh, mirror lights. Um, Billet Made in America, uh, gotta love that. And, uh, they're not only a super, a super bright light that kind of goes off to the side for trail riding and all that, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the mirrors are tough as hell. They're out of billet. You can roll on them. They're not going to break. You might, you might crack the glass, but it's just a piece of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely stoked on those guys. Uh, Walker Evans Racing. Uh, guys that I've been with, uh, from day one. Um, they've, they've always started to get support from companies, you know, especially when it comes into the shock world. Uh, you hear it all the time. Oh, I called this company. They didn't even call me back. Uh, mm-hmm. Walker's always been super, super helpful. Uh, and, you know, do, do the best they can anyway to help a guy out. And, um, high roller energy drink, uh, energy drink that if you, you taste it once, you'll be ruined for every other energy drink out there. <laughs> Those guys are fairly new. They're a Canadian company, but they're they're pounding they're pounding the pavement hard, man. And you'll 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 probably see them showing up showing up soon. That's uh, awesome. And track, track System Canada. That's the that's the 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 last sponsor that that um, is kind of on the sponsorship ship platform right now. Um, but well, I also want to uh, put a big shout out to the Warfighter Made guys. 
Um, that's a group of veterans that uh, do a, an adrenaline therapy um, course, or not not a course, but just a, a they, they take wounded vets and they give them this adrenaline therapy to, to help those guys, you know, get get back on their feet. Super uh, cool group of dudes, and uh, we bring them up here uh, once a year and we take them off some ramps and trying to show them a good time to do our part. So, uh, big shout out to those guys. And as I mentioned before, UTV Takeover, um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely come check out, check that out, whether it's on the website or on social media, because it's a, that's another rad event. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, well, from from me to you, man, uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's been absolutely awesome. I have learned uh, a ton. I'm stoked to go out and jump my car on a jump that doesn't need to be jumped. <laughs> and uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do over time, man, and I'm also looking forward to kind of keeping an eye as your social media grows and seeing what comes next for you. Um, so with that, we'll kind of close things out. Uh, I'll call you here in just a few minutes, and we'll kind of talk for a few more minutes. But uh, thanks for being on the show, Al. I really appreciate it. Hey, man. Well, thanks a lot for having me on. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget that Kincaid Billiards uh, is on Facebook, and Kincaid Billiards will give you 15% off all pool table, darts, shuffleboard, and any other games that they offer. All accessories for those games are 15% off when you mention Racing on the Rocks. Just give them, go to the Facebook to get their phone number or go online to their website. Uh, give them a call. Tell them Racing on the Rocks sent you for 15% off. Um, another sponsor we have is We Buy Rides, webuyrides.com, W-E-B-U-Y-R-I-D-E-Z, We Buy Rides with a Z, .com. Um, this is a great place if you're looking to trade in your vehicle uh, or get cash for your vehicle. They will give you the highest cash value possible. Um, nothing but positive things to say about the customer service and my interaction with the team there. They specialize in 4x4 diesel and high-line vehicles. Um, before you go to CarMax, Carvana, or another third-party vendor, I highly recommend that you check out We Buy Rides, and they're also on Facebook at Shocker. We Buy Rides uh, with a Z, and let me double-check that, actually. Uh, again, guys, the customer service there is awesome, and I have heard recently uh, it's actually We Buy Rides with an S on Facebook. Under Motor Vehicle Company, it's got a blue and black logo. Um, I'm proud that they support the uh, proud that they support the podcast. But more than anything, I'm proud to be doing business with a company that not only will have the best option for you, but also offers excellent customer service. Uh, another sponsor is Infinite Off Road. Infinite Off Road is the oldest sponsor on the show. They offer a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty on all lighting products. That includes light bars, light pods, whips, wheel rings, mirrors with lights in them, uh, rock lights. Everything Infinite Off-Road brand comes with a 25-year, you break it warranty. Uh, you break it, they fix it warranty. There you go. Not just you break it warranty. Uh, and that even covers accidental damage. Uh, they are the premier one-stop shop for um, your lighting needs on all your vehicles. Not just your side-by-side -side or off-road vehicle, but every vehicle application that you can find. Last but not least, All Things UTV is an 
excellent, excellent, excellent company to do business with because of the variety of parts that they carry. Um, there is wind that they will be picking up a brand new tire that they'll be carrying, which I have a feeling a certain podcast is given away. There's discussion there. However, um, their tire selection is insane. They offer the lowest prices on tires and wheels. They offer combo packs on tires and wheels, and they also also offer everything from trail packages for suspension kits all the way to performance upgrade accessories, including clutching tunes, things like that. Um, Everything that you need for your UTV or side-by-side vehicle, all things UTV will have it, and that's all things UTV on Facebook, allthingsutv.com. All right, everybody, we're through it. Hope you had a great time listening to this podcast with a great guy. Make sure you give us five stars, subscribe to us, and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.